you'd like to look with us, we're in Romans 8. We got down through about verse 7, verse 8 last time. And I asked a question, and maybe I got a little ahead of myself. Thought I'd get farther than I did. But how do you, how do you know, how do you tell whether somebody's saved or not? Whether it's yourself or somebody else? Seeing all that we've already seen uh, through this book of Romans, that salvation's not by works. So there's not something you look and say, well, Joseph's done this, so he's saved. It's not by works, it's by faith in the work that the Lord Jesus Christ accomplished at Calvary. And we know that there is a regeneration of the inward man. There's a, and I think the word Dwight used character. There's a new character born, a new man produced in them that are saved. But you know, the, the world, can they can do better. They can turn over a new leaf as well. There is the works after salvation. We just looked in 7 at Paul. Paul's in a warfare every day. Paul says, in my flesh there's no good thing. When I would do good, my flesh resists that. When I would do evil in the flesh, my inward man resists that. And I can't do the things I would. What I would do, I don't do it. And that that I'd rather not, that that I wouldn't do, that that I don't want to do, I find myself doing that. So we're all there. All that are saved know what he's talking about in the Scripture. So it's not by works after either. It's not about religion. It's not about what we do. He says this in verse 8. So then they that are in the flesh cannot please God. Now that's, that's a certain statement that the Lord makes. In the flesh, a man cannot please God. It is impossible. The word means cannot, as easy as that sounds. Sometimes I think just the simple definition, it's not possible. That's the meaning of that word. It is not possible for a man that's in the flesh to please God. Well, what about all these good works? So what if, what if I come to church every week, three times a week, and I come to Jubilees, and I come to uh, revivals, and I go to other churches to revivals? What if I pray? What if I pray every day, and I take time every day to study the Word? What if I've joined the church, and I've been baptized, and I've been to the altar and I've made a profession. All of those things, is that acceptable to God? That's hard for man to believe. Man thinks and believes that he's acceptable to God because of what he's done, because of the works that he's accomplished. And because I've been good this week, today I'm acceptable unto God. Well, know this. This warfare, this corrupted flesh, what this flesh lays hands on to do, even if it's honorable, it's corrupted by the uncleanness of the flesh. Remember, we looked a little last time at Haggai and if he had a piece of holy flesh in the skirt of his garment and he touched something with that, 
would that object be made holy? And the answer is no. You can't take something that's holy and by contact make something else holy. But if something is unclean, in the Old Testament, if, if a dead body had laid on this table, it would be unclean for seven days until they cleanse it at the end of that. But if I come in contact with this, while it's unclean, I'm unclean. It's transferred. Everything that contacts, that that's unclean is made unclean. Well, our flesh is unclean. Is it not? In the flesh dwelleth no good thing. Therefore, everything the flesh sets out to do is unclean in the sight of God. The Pharisees had many good works. They had their little spice gardens with basil and thyme and parsley. And they would weigh that up in scales to get exactly 10% to give to the temple. But you know what the Lord said about the Pharisees? Except your righteousness exceed their righteousness, you shall in no wise enter in to the kingdom of heaven. You're going to have to have something more than what they've got. And man of that day says, well, how can we do more than the Pharisees who are the straightest living people on the face of the earth? Do you do more than the Pharisees? In the flesh I highly, highly doubt it. So you're going to have to be more than them. So what's he talking about? It's not in the flesh. And it's not in fleshly works that a man can say and be assured of salvation. Because there are lost people that are members of churches all over our world. And that ought not be a surprise because Christ said in His parable in the 13th chapter of Matthew that there would be tares among the wheat and that they would be there till He comes and separates them. And so there are tares among the wheat today. But God provided a way for man to know. So what is that method? It's not of man or what man does in the least bit. That ought to be barred from our mind. Because there are, Anthony said, there's people that give more money. There's people that's more moral than you that are lost and undone. There's people that have purer thoughts in the flesh than you that are lost and undone. There's people that go to more church services in a year than you that are lost and undone. There are. So, how do we know? Well, he's going to say here, they that are in the flesh cannot please God. But ye are not in the flesh, but in the Spirit, if so be that the Spirit of God dwell in you. Now, if any man have not the Spirit of Christ, he is none of his. So Dwayne dwelled a pretty good while on this last Sunday morning, but I want to dig in again. Uh, Steve Rogers said this was a benchmark one time, and I believe that's exactly what this is. Could it be said any plainer? If you have not the Spirit, you're none of his. If the Spirit of God does not dwell in you, you do not belong to God. Now, with that statement, we can erase any fleshly work 
And why don't you do that? Get rid from your mind of every good thing that you've ever done, every good deed that you've ever performed, every church service. Get, get rid of all of that. How many times you pray, how much you've read, how many verses you, you know in your mind, how many times you've been baptized, whether you've made a profession or not. All of that needs to be forgotten for just a moment because He doesn't say if you've been baptized or if you've not been baptized. He doesn't say if you go to church or you don't go to church. He doesn't say if you study or if you pray. It's not any of that that matters. The one thing that the Word of God nails down is you're not in the flesh. How is it that the church, the born again, can be pleasing to God? Because their service towards God is not in the flesh, but in the Spirit. If the Spirit dwells in you. Now outside of the Spirit of God, where does that leave us? That leaves us in verse 8. We cannot please God. You mean my hardest labor and my best attempt, God won't accept? I don't know if you've ever thought about it much, but in Genesis, God curses the ground. And I realize the ground is still, in a sense, cursed. It still produces weeds and thorns and briars by nature, and it takes labor and sweat of the brow in order to produce anything good out of the ground. But it looks like now, after the flood, God eased up the curse that was on the ground. It looks like before the flood, it was much more difficult to produce out of the ground. Took a lot more labor, a lot more time, and a lot more work. So Cain, when Cain brought his fruit of the ground to offer unto the Lord, that's exactly what he was offering. He had put in a lot of time and a lot of effort, a lot of labor, a lot of work, and he's going to offer that to God. And we know how God reacted to that. God did not accept it. So to save disappointment, to save shock, to save being one of those at the very end that says, but Lord, did we not? Know this. Nothing else is going to be acceptable or approved of God than them that have the Holy Ghost dwelling in them. And no one can do any service to God without the Spirit of God dwelling in them. No testimony is acceptable outside of that that's stirred by the Holy Ghost of God. No worship is acceptable outside of that that is approved of the Holy Ghost of God. This is the benchmark for them that are saved. If you don't have it, if He does not dwell in you, if He is not in your life and in your body, then you do not belong to Christ and you are not acceptable unto Him. So in Proverbs chapter 15, verse 8, this is what He says. 
So would you say we're, we're wicked in the flesh? We're wicked in the flesh. So in 15 verse 8, the sacrifice of the wicked is an abomination to the Lord. So then, in the flesh now, that that I would offer to God is an abomination to Him. He can't accept it. He can't take it in. But He told the woman at the well, the Samaritan woman, He said the time's coming that it's not going to be in Jerusalem and it's not going to be in Samaria. It's not going to be at the temple where God's going to be worshipped. But true worshipers, those that are truly offering God worship and praise and honor, they'll worship in spirit and in truth. That's the way and the means that God is worshipped. Now, you know, there's a lot of opinions, a lot of thoughts, a lot of ideas. The, the Holy Ghost is not something that the apostles made up after Jesus left. In John chapter 7, verse 37, Jesus stood and cried, saying, If any man thirst, let him come unto me and drink. He that believeth on me, as the Scripture hath said, out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. This he spake of the Spirit, which they that believe on him should receive. For the Holy Ghost was not yet given. So the Lord Jesus spake of this, that those that put their trust in Him for salvation, that out of their belly would flow the Holy Spirit of God. And he, he, He's clear about it. That's what He's speaking of. That that comes out of them that are saved is the Holy Ghost of God. Another place, 1 John chapter 4, verse number 13. Hereby know we that we dwell in Him and He in us, because He hath given us of His Spirit. So how do we know that we are currently in God? You know, a lot of men today would say, well, you go to church and you're, you're a good person. You're, you, you're in God. I mean, you, you're, a, you're a moral person and you help your neighbor. Why, I'm sure that you're just fine with the Lord. Paul says in Romans, John says in 1 John, here's how we know that we're in Christ, that His Spirit dwells within us. So see, the Spirit's not, as we said last time, a servant that comes to help me, a fellow servant, along my journey. The Spirit is not that that comes to pick me up when I'm down. The Holy Spirit is God. Just as much as Christ and the Father are God, the Holy Spirit is God. And it is God that dwelleth within them that are saved. And outside of God dwelling in man, there is no salvation. That is as God has written and directed in His Word. That is not Joseph's opinion. That's not just the opinion of Liberty Baptist Church. 
But he says, if any man have not the Spirit of Christ, he is none of his. Can you be Christ's and not be filled with the Spirit? Is it possible? Not by the book. In 2 Corinthians, I love the way that this verse is worded and written. 2 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 5. Examine yourselves to look at thoroughly, closely, and intently. You know, if we thought something was bad wrong in our lungs, in our back, in our stomach, in our intestines, we'd go to the dock and we'd want to be examined. Doc, examine me thoroughly and find what this problem is. I need some help. Well, here, examine yourselves, the Word of God says. In honesty, looking for the truth, look over yourself. Now, what am I to look for? Well, this is what he says. Whether you be in the faith. So whether you're saved or not. Whether your faith is in the Lamb of God or it's not. Prove your own selves. Know you not your own selves, how that Jesus Christ is in you, except you be reprobates. So what am I to look for? Am I to look for how many times I go to church in ten years' time? I'm going to tell you the truth. That means a whole lot to a lot of people. They're, they're anchoring their eternal salvation on what I've done in ten years' time, on how much I've given, on how good I've been, on what a servant I've been to people that were sick. They're banking everything they got on fleshly works. Well, the Word of God says, examine yourself, prove yourself, know you not how that Jesus Christ is in you, except you be a reprobate. You can see it in Jeremiah. He says reprobate silver. It's like fool's gold. You know, it's got the appearance of it. When you see it in the bottom of a creek, it might cause you to believe that it's gold. But boy, when you get it up in your hand, it's not the same thing. It's fake. It's a look-alike. That's what a reprobate is. And if Christ isn't in man, you know what he is? He's a look-alike Christian. He's a look-alike of the church. But when you get down on the inside, there's no salvation truly there. So what is the benchmark? It's whether God lives in you or not. You can throw everything else out. Everything. 100% Forget everything. I, that's, that's hard to believe, ain't it? It's hard to swallow. But that, that is the Word of God. Whether we've been to the altar, we, we could make a list as long as my leg and never get to the end of it of things that you could have done and still be lost. But I promise this, there's never been one that God lives in by the Spirit 
that's been lost. The Holy Ghost doesn't lie. It's impossible that God would lie. So know you not, and he says here, Now, if any man have not the Spirit of Christ, he is none of his. And I think it's worth saying to clarify these previous verses. The crowd that would take the works approach, they would read chapter 8 verse 1. There is no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus who walk not after the flesh but after the Spirit. They would say, now see, if you're not walking, if you stop walking, then you're lost. Well, here's the clarification of it. Either God's in you or not. And if God's in you, you're not after the flesh. You're not seeking to please God by what you do in the flesh. You're not looking to please God with how many times you pray or how long you pray or how religious that you are. You have relied on Christ for your salvation. And I don't care who would vote that this person's a lost person. If God dwells in them, it doesn't matter what you think about them. Whether you think they're saved or not. And I say this, if God's not in them, it don't matter what you think either. The Holy Ghost is the answer. He is, if He is there, they are saved. Period. And if he is not, they are not saved. Period. He is, as we've heard in Ephesians, and I, I know, I struggle with this, that we've heard this so many times. This is elementary to the crowd that we have here. I know that. I realize that. I think about that as I study this. This is where we are in Romans. However, and we'd like to cover it. This is what God means in Ephesians, as we've heard many times, that He is the uh, earnest. I about forgot that word. <laughs> He's the earnest of our inheritance. He is the proof positive that God's coming back to redeem us. How do I know that if I die, if I die tonight in my sleep, how can I go to sleep with confidence knowing that my eyes are not going to be lifted in hell like the rich man? That God dwells in me. Can you have hope in anything else? Not by the Scripture. We can't have hope in anything else. Nothing else. Absolutely nothing else outside of the witness of the Spirit. If that man that wants to buy your car, if he don't give you any earnest money and says, I'll be back tomorrow, if somebody comes 30 minutes later, you're going to say, well, there's a man said he'd be back. You're going you're gonna to do that or you're going to sell it. I tell you, if he wants me to hold it, he better give me some proof he's coming back. He better give me a little cash to prove he means what he says. That's earnest money. People says the Lord's coming back and they've got no earnest. No assurance, no promise. The Spirit is the earnest. So verse number 10, And if Christ be in you, the body is dead because of sin, but the Spirit is life because of righteousness. The body's dead. Was the body dead before? 
Well, the body's still dead. The flesh is still corrupt, still sinful, still rebellious, still evil, still desires to do that. That's wrong and contrary to God's Word. Still wants to hate. Still wants to despise. Still wants to be rude and mean to their fellow man. The flesh still wants to sin. And it's still dead. Salvation don't change the corruptness of a natural man. On the contrary, the Bible says in Revelation that the devil was cast out of the heavenly place and into the earth. He's in the earthly man. And he knows he's only got a short time, the Bible says in Revelation 12. So he's laboring, he's warring to cause as much trouble as he can in the time that he has left in those that are saved. But the body is dead, the spirit is life. He says it like this in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 7. We have this treasure in earthen vessels that the excellency of the power may be of God and not of us. What's the church have? A treasure in an earthen vessel. When you buy jewelry, the box that it comes in, is that of any importance to you? I mean, even if it's a nice box, if it's a pretty box, I just paid $2,000 for what's in it, I ain't much worried about the box. It's what's in it that matters. That's the way the man is. This earthen vessel, it's worth nothing. If you got home and you opened that box and the jewelry was missing, you wouldn't be a happy camper. The box would not be satisfying or pleasing to you without the valuable that was in it. Well, there we are. Outside of the Holy Ghost, we're a, we're a worthless vessel that's decaying, that's corrupt, and that's bound for destruction. But them that are saved, God has taken that earthen vessel. It's the same earthen vessel that it always was. I didn't get a new body when I got saved. God took the old corrupt and dead earthen vessel and He put something in it that was valuable. Maybe this sounds silly, but I believe we can see it. When you're a student at a college, you can't sell student tickets to football games. They don't allow that. Those are for the students. But what you'll see is somebody will post it online and they'll have a paper clip with two tickets on it. It'll say selling a paper clip for $200. Everything's included. They're selling those tickets... But the paper clip's what's advertised, so there's no rule being broken. You know what they've done? That paper clip that you wouldn't give a penny for on the street has become valuable by what was placed inside it. And now man's willing to part with a good portion of money to get a hold of that worthless paper clip. Man is worthless, but God took that that was worthless and placed His Spirit within it. And now, 
We're vessels of clay that has the treasure of God on the inside. What is the treasure? The Holy Spirit. It is not good works. It is not holding papers together. It's what God's put in it. And when you take the tickets out, you're still left with a worthless paper clip. When the Spirit's gone, you know what this is. You just give it a day or two and it'll turn your stomach like nothing you've ever smelled before. And you wait a little while longer and there won't be anything left. This man is worthless. Worthless. Vain. Empty. Vile. Sinful. But God has given us the Spirit. So inwardly, them that are saved are purified, alive, holy, and just. Outwardly is the seed of Adam that's fallen, depraved, and corrupt. So, verse 11. But if the Spirit of Him that raised up Jesus from the dead dwell in you, He that raised up Christ from the dead shall also quicken your mortal bodies by His Spirit that dwelleth in you. Now the easy explanation for this and what you hear often is at the end. And I do not disagree with that. At the end there will be a resurrection and the bodies of them that are dead are going to get up. But you know what now? You know the body of Pharaoh, that rebel and God-hater? Pharaoh that said, Who is the Lord that I should serve Him? I'm not going to serve Him and I'm not letting you go. You know He's going to get up. You know Achan, the man that disobeyed God and took the bar of gold and silver and the Babylonian garment and hid it under his tent, you know he's going to get up too. You know Haman, the man that wanted to hang Esther and Mordecai, you know he's going to be resurrected. There's going to be a resurrection of all the bodies of man. The just and the unjust. Some are going to be raised to everlasting glory and life. Some are going to be raised to everlasting shame and punishment. It's all Scripture. It's all there. And I I realize this, that the church has hope of a life after this. And we'll look at that more later on. But just one verse quickly. In Philippians chapter 3, verse number 20, For our conversation is in heaven, from whence also we look for the Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ who shall change our vile body, that it might be fashioned like unto His glorious body, according to the working whereby He is able even to subdue all things unto Himself. There will be a resurrection, and them that are saved are going to receive new bodies like unto the Lord's, and they'll dwell with Him forever. But here I believe, by just the simple language of it, He's talking about right now the working of God in the life of them that are saved. Not that that's done of the flesh, but that that's produced naturally of the Spirit. So let's look at some of the meanings of these words. 
the Spirit of Him that raised up Jesus from the dead. Raised up to waken or to rouse. And dead there, it means a corpse. So this is, this is what He's saying. The Spirit that woke up Jesus from a corpse. You woke up somebody that's sleeping. Sometimes there's people that's hard sleepers. And they're not so easy to wake up. What about a corpse? Think you could wake one of them up? What's it going to take to wake up a corpse? The power of God. That's it. And would you say that there's a power that's any greater? I mean, making the blind to see, that's, that's amazing. The deaf to hear, the lame to walk, the lepers being cleansed, all of these things are mighty works and proof of God's power. But is there anything greater than Lazarus dead four days and him being raised? Is there anything greater than Jesus dead three days in the tomb and he wakes himself up? I can't think of anything any greater than that. What power there is there. Well, you know, that power, the power that raised Jesus from the dead, that's what dwells in them that are saved. We're not talking about some little weak thing, something that's negligible. But we're talking about a power that can wake a corpse up, a power that can raise the dead, a power that you just said, you can't think of anything any greater. What a work that that was. That power dwells in them that are saved and born again. And that word dwell there, that means to occupy a house or to reside. So again, looking at the outward man only as a vessel, as a place for God to dwell a place that the Spirit of God might reside. That earthen vessel in Corinthians, that's all the flesh is. That's all the flesh is good for. He that raised up Christ from the dead shall also quicken your mortal bodies to vitalize. Quicken your mortal bodies liable to die by His Spirit that dwelleth in you. So this mortal body, he's liable to die. That's what mortal means. At any moment, this man could be dead. So in them that are saved, the Spirit, the very power of God that brought Jesus forth from the tomb, the power of God that raised a dead man, dwells in them that are saved, and by the Scripture shall also quicken your mortal bodies. So this mortal man is going to be vitalized. There's going to be life. He says in Romans chapter 6, where we've already looked, verse number 4, Therefore we are buried with Him by baptism into death, that like as Christ was raised up from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also should walk in newness of life. 
For if we have been planted together in the likeness of His death, we shall also be in the likeness of His resurrection. So how is this change in Romans 6 brought forth? It's by the indwelling of the Spirit of God in the life that produces that change. He's telling us here. He's telling me how that a saved man is made a new creature. He's been vitalized by the Spirit that now resides in his mortal body. He's been made a new creature by the power and the hand of God. You see, it's not that, well, I want to be better and I want to go to heaven when I die, so I'm going to go pray and I'm going to get up and I'm going to try to live better. And you may succeed at every bit of that. But that is not being saved. Being saved is God moves into your mortal body and God changes you by that Spirit. But I did better. It's not going to be acceptable with God because your better is still corrupt and filled with sin. It may, you may honest to God Man may be better today than he was 10 years ago. Living better, less sin, more moral, a better person, and still yet he's corrupt with sin. It's unacceptable. Man's going to have to be changed by the indwelling of the Spirit. In Ephesians again, and this probably some of the most familiar Scripture to you that there is, Ephesians Chapter 2, verse number 1. And you hath He quickened. Not, not future tense. Not you He's going to quicken when you're in the grave and He comes back in the clouds. But He's quickened you today because you were dead in trespasses and sins. In time past, you walked according to the course of this world. You were under the influence of the prince and the power of the air. You were rebellious towards God and serving sin and diverse lusts and were by nature children of wrath. But God, who is rich in mercy, for His great love wherewith He loved us, even when we were dead in sins, hath quickened us. God, by the Spirit, brought life out of that that had always been dead. You've heard Greg say many times that this is not turning over a new leaf. You can see that plainly with this Scripture in Romans that it is not, I'm going to do better. Doing better may be a good thing for you naturally. May be a good work overall in your life. But it is not salvation. Salvation is an operation of God through the Spirit in the heart and life of a man or a woman. Outside of that, man's not acceptable with God. In Titus chapter 3, again, another picture of the working of God. And you can see the Spirit here as well. So he talks in, this is Titus chapter 3, and verse 3 talks about what we were. Sinners. In verse 4, But after that the kindness and love of God our Savior toward man appeared, not by works of righteousness which we have done, but according to His mercy He saved us by the washing of regeneration. 
the washing of a new birth and renewing of the Holy Ghost. That's renovation. Now I know God's not in renovation. I I know what that means. God's in a new creature. I get it. You've got them both right here. You've got the washing of regeneration, a new birth. You've got a new man born. You know where that is? Inwardly. God has brought forth a Son of God that never existed before in the heart of that believer that's come to the gospel. But you know what else has happened now? The Spirit's quickened me. I've got a new man on the inside. This outward man, he's still the same. But boy, his life's been renovated. What do you do when you renovate? I mean, we've renovated a time or two. Renovated a bathroom. You know what I've done when I've renovated a bathroom? I've took everything out. The toilet, the sink, the floor, even some of the plumbing, the lighting fixtures, took it all out, repainted, and went back with everything in. Well, there's the Lord. He's produced a new man inwardly and outwardly. This man's being renovated. He's still the same shell. He's the same body. But by the indwelling of the Spirit, he's being changed into the image of the Son of God day by day. It's an ongoing work. A work of sanctification. Not a work of salvation. The church is saved and will be saved. But it's ongoing work of renewing, renovating, changing this outward man into the image of God. But again now, don't get hung up on that foolishness. Don't get hung up on that. It's not about how good I've done. God's either in you or He's not. God either is in you now or He's not. That's it. That is it. So... Your mortal bodies by His Spirit that dwelleth in you. So God now dwelling in us has quickened this outward man that you know, I think here here maybe we can see it the best. That whereas before this outward man done his own thing had no desire to please God. Now inwardly God has changed my mind. That's the new creature. There's so many ways you could say it that it's been said in the past. But you know, inwardly now, I've got a different desire. What I want to do, how I want to live inwardly is different than it was before. You know what that's a product of? The work of the Spirit that dwelleth within My mind's been changed about things long after I got saved as well. I had opinions. I had likes. I had thoughts. I had actions. That to God's truth, I felt like was all right. That I I was saved. God lived in me. And I was doing these things that I believed was all right. And God has changed my mind about many things since then. You know what that is? He's renovating. He's bringing this outward man more to the image of the Son of God that I might be a better help to them that I'm around. 
God is God no matter what I do. If I quit today, God's still God. But you know who's going to be hurt? I think it's in Job. I really need to write this Scripture down because I've wanted to look at it often. can't never remember where it's at. I believe it's in Job. Thy righteousness might help the Son of Man. It might hurt the Son of Man, but it's not going to hurt God. And that's not, a, that's not a direct quote. But what he's saying is, whether I live good or bad, it ain't going to hurt or help God in any bit. But it's going to hurt them that's right around me. My boys, they'd be hurt if I quit. Yeah. Their opportunity to draw near to the Lord would be greatly hindered by their daddy quitting. They'd be drawn to quit like their daddy quit. They'd be drawn to do what their daddy did. Well, there, God's fashioning His church into the image of the Son of God that we could be a better help to them that were around day by day. Not so that I can be more righteous. I'm not more righteous in God's eyes today than I was the first day that I got saved. Because my righteousness is not tangled up in what I've done this week. My standing with God is not tied up in how I've lived the past year. No, it's, it's in Christ Jesus and in Him alone. You, you can't get away from that. I know, I know it seems... It seems impossible that that be true. And yet, you say, well, they're not living it. Well, I tell you, you've got that righteousness in Christ and in Christ alone, and you've got the indwelling of the Spirit that quickens the mortal bodies. And you know what? I, I feel like we ought to say this. I believe if somebody's saved, I believe they'll be at church. I believe they'll be at church. I believe inwardly they'll want to be there. I believe when church time comes, somebody that God's dwelling in, they're not sitting down thinking, well, should I go tonight or do I need to do this instead? That thought don't even arise in somebody that say, inwardly, they say, I'm going to the house of God where my Father might speak to me. I believe that. I believe they ought to pray. I believe that. I believe they ought to be interested in learning more of what the Bible says. Be hungry for that. I believe they ought to live right. I do. I believe that will be produced by God that dwells in them. But now if, if I harp on that now, if I get up Sunday after Sunday and I harp on going to church and being good to your neighbor and praying and studying the Bible. Well, people can do that. People might be more impressed to do that because I've harped on it and I've beat you over the head with it. Well, I'm going to do that. Don't make you any more saved than you was before. No, people need regenerated and changed by the Spirit of God, and I tell you, God will change their life. 
harping on stuff, harping on works, that don't get anybody saved. Well, I'm going to do better. Well, you can. You can do better. You can do better this week. But if you're lost right now, you'll be lost next Sunday. That's right. And doing better will not work. All hearts and minds.